Paging Mr. Potter. Harry Potter is a book. We will read it page by page. Come and join us if you everyone's favorite podcast uh podcast that's enough of that uh, everyone's favorite podcast about harry potter we read one page of harry potter every week then what was that and sexy music in the background well it was due to the fact that we are up to page 69 the nice. horniest page <laughs> in harry potter um in the Harry Potter book, which we are reading, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for our American listeners. How are you all? I'm great. Oh, I'm very horny. I'll tell you that much. Good. You did your <laughs> you did your uh, background work. Well, I didn't was, have to. Uh, I just required. opened the page and then, bam, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm already, you know, halfway there, so to speak. Awful. Um, that's good. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a real milestone episode. Because I had my doubts that we'd get this far, but I was secretly hoping because I knew that we'd be just so immature about it and so insufferable. <laughs> and now we're finally here and I can't wait to see what's on the page. What's the next funny number that we're going to hit? 52. Right, well, oh, no, I've already been past that. And that's nothing. No one ever says that. That could have been any num- 50 number as well. Surely just 50. 150. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think we should um given this is this page is all about horniness, we should mm. well when we judge our page. Is it, is it about is horniness? This? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean it's I have time. to say I haven't read it ahead of time, but <laughs> Well that's why I think yeah, I think good. we should judge the page on the horny factor has to come into it in in, in some respect. Okay. Um, yep, so we'll judge we it on sexual merit. Sexual merit, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sexual merit, absolutely. And I'd also like to put out one ground rule. Given mm-hmm. it is such a sexual page, it's a bit of a, you know, a lot of landmines around, especially for us. I think we have to put all talk of Ollivander and that mm. sort of thing Reading, to one side. We, it's been a few weeks <laughs> since we've needed to talk about <laughs> Ollivander. We don't need to bring him up every page just to say that we're not going to talk about him. Well, I'd actually prefer if we just didn't talk about him. I definitely agree to your terms and conditions there, though, Rudin. I think that is yeah. a very important thing to do. Okay. Um, just before we get into the page as well, um, and it's kind of fitting because um, I think it's probably, I think the NRL is possibly the horniest sport oh, going by around. Far. You'd have to say. Easily. The most sexually charged sport. Um, and there's been a bit, of, uh, a bit of news in the NRL world. Um, so, obviously, for those who aren't diehard um, NRL fans out there, they're trying to bring back the National Rugby League um, sort of many, many weeks and months before any other sport's even considering it. Um, Not just sport, to bring but it back. any kind of industry. Like, <laughs> schools are proposing is just completely illegal and I'd say immoral <laughs> in a number yeah. of ways. <laughs> and you're not the first person to point that out. But the th- good thing about the NRL is, um, and I think that Peter Volandis, who is the, who is the um, chairman, has pointed out that the, the, the players in the NRL are such sensible, uh, rule-following individuals mm, yes, yes. that if anyone can pull this off, it's it's them. <laughs> uh, however, there has been, in the last week, a, a few, just a few 
well, I think there's been four or five incidents of um, NRL players not abiding by the social distancing rules. Um, we had uh, Josh Adokar and Latrell Mitchell who were caught um, engaging with the, the, you know, good old Australian values of shooting things and um, <laughs> setting things on fire. So they were doing that and they got a bit of trouble for that. And then we also had um, Nathan Cleary from the Penrith Panthers. He got in a I bit of trouble. I saw that. For- for that dad, that awful dance he did. Well, I saw there was a um, photo of him and a number of uh, sexy ladies. Um, so maybe <laughs> he's appropriate. Maybe so it's he relevant. was reading page sixty nine of uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone with them. Well, maybe Your that's Honor, his I was defense, reading page sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. A group reading, You'd, if you will. <laughs> you know, you know, Nathan. They were doing group something. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, I'm, we have no evidence. I've never seen doing any those of those sort things. of moves at a book club. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> if there was, oh, then sign me up. <laughs> I'd like, you know, I'd actually be fascinated to hear from the um, from the from any of the female potophiles out there. Nathan Cleary to me, you know how some people are unconventionally handsome. Mm. I feel like Nathan Cleary is unconventionally ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have to put a photo of Nathan Cleary up on the Instagram page at Paging Mr. Potter. And you I was talking to this with um with one of one of our, our friends Alex the other day, and I and I brought this up to him, and he said he's sort of worse than the like the worst than the sum of his parts. Like it, he looks like he, if you were to if it was a po- if it was a police sketch, and they said draw the draw the perpetrator or you know of some uh, potential you know, hypothetical crime that Nathan might have performed. The, the police sketch artist would probably draw a very handsome I know what man. you mean. If you closed your <coughs> eyes and got someone to describe, you know, strong chin, yeah. nice but hair. But too strong. It's <laughs> too yeah. strong. Square jaw. <laughs> yeah. His chin's quite extreme in its strength. Anyway. Um, All right. Well, that's a bit of homework for the <laughs> for the potophiles out there. Please get in touch. Um, <laughs> I've got some news, guys. As you know, I have moved house... Uh, into a new place over the weekend. So if I sound a bit different, that's the reason. Um, Congratulations. But I know I'm in Melbourne, in Australia, but I wonder, have I moved into 23 Privet Drive or wherever Harry lives? I don't think it's 23, is it? It could be. You don't know that. (laughs) True. As good a guess as any. (laughs) I've sent you a photo and we'll put this on the Instagram page as well. A lot of visual cues to get this podcast going um, this episode. But there's... Uh, as we'll, People love when we do that. Oh, no. Why do we it. always fucking do this? But yes, go on, describe this picture. I'll, I'll try to uh, draw on, on my JK abilities and, um, and yeah, paint a vivid picture for you. I, I walked into the house on the ground floor. There's a couple sets of staircases. On the bottom staircase... If you go around the back of the stairs, there's a little secret room. And if you open the door, it looks what is unmistakably like Harry Potter's wow. room. I just I just had a look at the image, yeah. It's it's literally a covered a room under a staircase. Did you find a little boy in there? I didn't <laughs> I didn't find a little boy. I did find Probably for the best. The um decayed Carcass of a small okay. gremlin-like uh, creature. Of a what? Sorry, I've never seen it. a long hooked nose. Uh, <laughs> oh. a sort of a, oh, not Griffith, it was it? it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think it was Griffith. It, it was it had um, it was more meek than Griffith. I could tell from its um 
Uh, look, yeah, it, oh, Griff, Griffith was a very a dignified man. Oh, a dignified <laughs> goblin, but but a dignified goblin. Um, but but you would have to say not not backwards and coming forwards, Griffith. No, <laughs> no, this one looked like it had been enslaved for a good chunk of its lifetime. Awesome. Well, that's nice. Anyway, so I'll just keep tabs on that. See if Harry, if I see a, a small boy with a, a you know lightning scar tattoo. If I do, I'll have a chat to him. See how's going. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. It doesn't sound like um, the Dursley's house, but it does sound like a crime scene. So, yeah, <laughs> very troubling. Hey, speaking of, um, speaking of crimes, particularly against um, uh, humanity, uh, <laughs> how's Kim Jong-un going? Because I, I haven't had any news. Um, well, I'm really it. hoping that we find out on page 69 because it was a real <laughs> cliffhanger last week. I mean, we had that pointless digression um, where Harry leaves Diagon Alley, goes back to the Dursley's house. Nothing happened. But we were left with that, yeah, real cliffhanger. Is Kim yeah. alive or dead? The only other thing that um, I'd like to bring to your attention before we get straight into the page <laughs> is... <laughs> 11 minutes in. Is um, uh, Potiphar Kim wrote in during the week mm-hmm. um, with some with some science Wait, news. do you mean Potiphar Kim Jong-un or... <laughs> My apologies. Because <laughs> he is a, he is a I listener. Forget. I forget that we have two two fans, both good Kim. Now, this is um, uh, the female Kim, who's a potophile. Um, anyway, she sent us an article um, about a new snake that's been discovered, um, I believe, in India. And um, fascinatingly, it's they've decided to name it after um, Salazar Slytherin. Now, you guys obviously all remember who Salazar Slytherin is, mm-hmm. but he's, uh, for those for those of you who are not as sort of, you know... Um, uh, <laughs> Well-versed <laughs> in Harry Potter as us. Exactly. Because <laughs> know who Salazar Slytherin is. I mean, Reedon's Reden, rolling his eyes. He knows this stuff like the back of his hand. <laughs> Reden's Salazar. looking very, like, shifty at the moment, quickly trying to flick through the book. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck's that? He's Slytherin's Sal- daddy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's daddy Slytherin. Salazar Slytherin was one of the founders of the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft, obviously, um, and uh, he was partly known for his ability to talk to snakes, um, so that's probably why they've chosen to call this Indian snake the Trimerosaurus Salazar. Is this snake also a bit of a cunt? Is that maybe why they called him that? <laughs> was Salazar a cunt? Do we know that? Well, all, all the people that get sorted into his house are big-time D-holes. Yeah, can we get this snake on the pod and ask him a few uh, sharp questions? Because um, if this Are any is of you guys parcel tongues? sells us Slytherin, I think he's got a lot to answer for, as Ridden alluded to. <laughs> mm. What are they teaching them in that uh, <laughs> in that house common room or wherever? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Or whatever. Um, so should we get into the page? Yeah, it's, it's more than time to get into the page, I think. <laughs> And I am absolutely bursting at the seams, I'll tell you that much. So, page... Okay. <laughs> and, oh, sorry, and just before we get oh, back, okay. I just want to flag once again, this is a horny page, and so you guys need to be looking out for the horniness. I, I just didn't want to take away from that with all of the talk of snakes. Because there's nothing sexy about snakes. All right, at the end of page 68, um, Harry had gone back to the Dursleys. We found out it wasn't much fun, and he's just waiting. He, you know, he's, he's absolutely... Busting to go to King's Cross Station and get on that bloody train to Magic Town. All right. Um, well, King's Cross, famously um, Sydney's red light district. So, point. big time. There could be some uh, sexy shenanigans going on already. Yep. Love it. 
Yeah, if, King, if King's Cross in Sydney is anything to go by, <laughs> there'll be uh, strip clubs, there'll be... Um, gangland murders. Gangland murders, teens having A lot having of closed down alleyways. bars being redeveloped into apartments. <laughs> yes. yeah. John Ibrahim, could he make an, an appearance? Having said that, in, in terms of the magical side of things, King's Cross was turned from a sexy, sexy place to be into a ghost town. <laughs> oh, ghosts. Ghosts. So, there's something there. Maybe. Oh, there is. Oh, there's something there. So, Harry kept to his room in this little period. He, he has his new alpha company, which is a bit sad, but at least he has someone. And he's decided to call her Hedwig. Oh, it's a girl. I didn't know that. Um, oh, I always assumed Hedwig was a boy. Yeah, same. <laughs> there you go. It's got a sort oh, of go. masculine manner to it. Uh, I should have done some owl facts for this episode, but I don't have any. Um, then we have... I've got one. I've got one. Go. Hedwig is actually a female. <laughs> <laughs> he had decided to call her Hedwig, a name he had found in a history of magic. His school books were very interesting. <laughs> we'll just have to take his word for it That's all she says She just says that they're interesting And then moves on You would not I swear. believe how good these books are <laughs> if you, I wish I could tell you You wouldn't believe it That's the thing, I'd tell you but <laughs> You wouldn't you have to leave it there You'd nothing. go, that can't be right That's too interesting <laughs> The school books were interesting it was lucky that um, it was lucky that Aunt Petunia didn't come into vacuum anymore. They say uh, because Hedwig kept bringing back dead mice. Now this is a thing that animals tend to do, and they just bring back. Uh, you know, they'll kill some Shit. animal and bring it back as some mm. sort of offering. Never, you know, never anything that you want. Just dead <laughs> it's animals. never an Xbox, is it? That's yeah. always terrible gift givers. Always a dead rat. Drew, have you? Is it this podcast? Have you told the story about the um that that inside out cat? I'm not sure if I have, but I mean, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to revisit. Yeah, I, it I, I enjoy that story. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I I won't go through all the detail, but essentially, we used to house sit um for this very nice family, and they had some. They had a lovely dog named Suki, who we all loved, and then they had this cat, which I don't know what what the breed of cat is. But it's the one that, yeah, looks like it's inside out. Like its skin's been flipped the wrong way around. Oh, like its innards are on cat. the outside. And um, really cat. horrible. A demon cat. And they, um, you know, quite insightfully named it Smeagol. Um, <laughs> and oh, we don't talk about Lord of the Rings on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Please call it Dobby for the rest of the pod. <laughs> we do not Sorry, acknowledge my the, the existence of Gandalf. And uh, Tolkien. It was called. Um, it was called Dobby the cat. And Dobby the <laughs> cat. Um, it was a weird cat. So it used to firstly it used to walk around on two feet quite a bit. It would get up on its like hind legs and walk around like a human. Oh, that's, that's weird. So that weird. An so, affront to God. And that's real. That's honestly what it did. Anyway, but it was quite an affectionate cat. And then one day it brought into. This is like the day before we we're about to leave. We kind of tidied the whole house and shit. It brings in this massive rat, like the fucking biggest rat you've ever seen. It's just like sitting there in the doorway with this huge rat in its in its in its mouth, and I was like, "Oh fuck, no, I don't <laughs> want to deal with that." And then the rat moves, so it wasn't even dead yet, and so oh. and 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 then it's in the house. So there's like, "Oh fuck, there's a there's now a rat in the house," and I know it's in that cat's mouth, but it's still terrifying that there's a giant rat inside a house. And so then we're like, "Uh, uh, like, can you?" Uh, to take outside outside like this and then it just looks me dead in the eyes and executes the rat straight in front oh. of me like, like it just went 
and killed it. Oh my god! <laughs> Could that, that have been a uh, Peter Pettigrew situation? <laughs> Where, you know, oh, there's not time to hesitate. Ah, uh, <laughs> Crookshanks, Crookshanks v. Pettigrew. One of the Lamb great... Shank, as you, Lamb Shanks. As you famously called it. Sorry, Lamb Shank. Uh, fuck, sounds anyway. like a, a real close call. But it's very... Yeah, it's not much fun getting up close because then once it was dead, obviously, I had to dispose of it. And getting up and close... Uh, up close and personal, sorry, with um with a... It was a big rat. It's pretty <laughs> horrific. Yeah, I don't envy you. And you have to wait until Dobby the cat's uh, out of the house because you don't want to, you know, get rid of throw oh. out his trash, his gift in front of him. No, you have to say, "Oh, I love it!" <laughs> oh, yeah. I absolutely I'll put it right love up on the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we love it. And then and <laughs> that's gone straight up on the mantelpiece. That's but, one for the Christmas card. <laughs> but then, obviously, once Dobby cat had um, was out of sight, you get rid of it, and then when Dobby asks you about it, you just have to say. Oh yeah, where did where did <laughs> I put that? <clears throat> anyway, um, well, let's hope Dobby the house cat's not listening to this pod. <laughs> Dobby the house cat. Um, and also, given the horny theme of this page, dead mice, great, uh, famously great aphrodisiac. <laughs> oh yeah, God, if that didn't get your motor running, then um, <laughs> consult your physician. I say. Uh, yeah. And now, every night before he went to sleep, Harry ticked off another day on the piece of paper he had pinned to the wall. So Harry has invented a calendar. It was very <laughs> a magical calendar. A magical calendar, and is uh, counting down to September one, the big day. So on the final day, cool. final day of August, he's he's realised, ah, oh, shit, I haven't got any way to get to Kings Cross Station. Um, so he has to go and you know source a ride, and that's a thrilling. Bit of you know writing that we have to deal with now. Uh, he asks Uncle Vernon. Uh, Uncle Vernon, yeah, he grunts and says yes. Pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, so so, am I correct in saying that this page is about Harry asking his uncle if he can get a lift? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the that's the heart. That could have been page. a whole a heart and soul. It's a whole story in itself, really. So we have the, <laughs> you know he's got the complication. How am I going to get there? Then he's got a nice resolution. I'll get a lift. That could yep. have been the whole thing. <laughs> they could have written the whole book about this. Yeah. And it would have Harry been... Potter and the lift. <laughs> and the book was interesting. <laughs> but let's not go into any detail. Uh, but then, okay, Uncle Vernon does say something a little bit uh, interesting. He says, funny way to get to a wizard school, the train. My magic carpets all got punctures, have they? The funny little joke. But I think he raises some good points. <laughs> mm. um, yes. Why do they have to get a train? Yep. <laughs> Fair. Great question. Why is the train necessary? I mean, you imagine the infrastructure costs something like that, um, <laughs> a substantial and upkeep. Oh, absolutely. But maybe it's because it employs wizards. So it might just be like, you know, you, sometimes in, in this country in particular, we'll keep industries alive because we're concerned about the workers. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like, yep, we know about flu powder now. We've got that. Um, we, you know, we're, we're well aware of the fact that we can apparate. Oh, yes, we already know about that. We know that we can do all We know we have brooms. We, we already know about that. But there's a lot of people that work hard, you know, on, on those trains every day. It's a good day. point. It's a good point. And it's, even though the train only has to make the one trip per year, <laughs> yep. Th- yep. the maintenance throughout <laughs> the year could be constant, much like um, <laughs> Sydney trains where it seems like they have constant track work every time I need to go somewhere. So it's a <laughs> yeah. good system. And it's and yeah, that, maybe it's a good system. It's a classic example again of JK having that broader 
view where she can look into the future a bit and predict what's going to happen. Obviously, now in 2020, we're talking a lot about automation and the rise Mm. of robots taking jobs. And this is her way of saying, you know what? Yes, hey, we could have flu powder. We could run our booms, brooms, but technology shouldn't, you know, replace jobs. I'm with you. So they're a bit of a, they're kind of Luddites, aren't they, in some respects? Mm. You know, as soon as we found out about email, we got rid of the fax machine. (laughs) So true. You know what I'm saying? Then Uncle Vernon asks, where is this school anyway? Which is also an interesting point. Harry says he doesn't know. um, (laughs) And it got me thinking, wait, where is the magic world again? Like, yeah, we've addressed this. Well, we haven't, you know, fully answered the question, but we've asked this question in the past, haven't we? It's interesting that, JK's flagging all these important questions <laughs> to us yeah. through the vessel of the curious Mr. Dursley, and th- there are no answers. So why, yeah. I mean, why would you draw attention to the <laughs> weakest parts of your book? I don't understand. Yeah. It's silly. I'm also a bit concerned again about Harry and his sort of lack of attention to detail. Like, it says that he's only just realised that he doesn't know where it is. And it's like, mate, every single day, <laughs> you're ticking off the days... You're that you're that excited. You're you're, you're pre-reading all your textbooks. You haven't even thought where the hell am I going? <laughs> this hasn't even crossed your mind. Yes, I'm concerned about Harry. To be I don't honest. think he's I'm concerned get about far. how he's going to go. Mate, I'll be shocked if he makes it to Hogwarts. Well, fascinatingly, we will be finding that out in the next uh, <laughs> the next few weeks. Over the next well, not weeks, several years. months and years. All he says to um, <laughs> Uncle Verdon, he just says. All I see on this ticket is it just I just take the train from platform nine and three quarters. What? At eleven o'clock. Yeah. Nine and three quarters? What? Not nine and three quarters at eleven o'clock. I've heard of platform nine. I've heard of platform three. I've heard yeah. of platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> I, I mean I mean what are you talking about? And three quarters as well? Like Surely 9.5. Surely you're going right <laughs> up the guts. Why are you going... Not right in the middle between 9 and 10. We want you to sort of go halfway and then go halfway again. That's, That's where we want you to go. Because you would think 9.5 would be the best spot because it gives you a wider berth on each side. Exactly. I mean, the best spot would be not at King's Cross Station and particularly not through a wall because that would be like very obvious to everyone um, who or the humans mm. who are <laughs> at the station. But if you are going to go with this approach, I think nine and three quarters is a bad choice. Yeah. Another another design flaw in the uh, magical world. But hey, that's why we love them, isn't it? They're quirky. You don't know what they're going to do next. You have to give them that. Oh, yeah. If they are quirky. <laughs> if nothing else. They're not usual. That, yeah. that does bring us to the very end of page 69. I do fear we may have... Have we glossed over a bit of the horn? I didn't particularly well, catch the horn, if I'm being honest. I mean, um, Vernon grunted a couple times. So I wonder what he was getting up to. I mean, was he... I wonder if maybe Harry's sort of asking these questions through the door, the marital to the marital bedroom. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Vernon and Petunia are going oh, hammer and tong. That's why he's I not don't know. giving a proper reply. He's, you know, he's grunting. You know, and a grunt is the kind, of, the kind of noise that you make when you are you know, engaging in sexual activity at times. And perhaps... But perhaps that's what's going on. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, it does say that he's watching a quiz show in the living room. But oh, no, no. Wait, hold on. Is that what they call it these days? Wait, yeah, do you see a, halfway a... down that page, it clarifies it a bit. It says, Uncle Vernon is absolutely going to town on Petunia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought 
See, when I first read that as a child, I thought they meant going to town, as in going to King's Cross, yeah. busy yeah. part of the city. But um, no, on a closer inspection, I think you're absolutely right, Rita. And <laughs> then it he's says plowing, he's, uh, he's really giving it to her? Yep. I yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that as a kid, but it's true. It does say that. And it, So at the top it says uh, he went down to the living room where uh, Vernon and Petunia were watching a quiz show on television, which is obviously a euphemism. Or a jizz um, so, show. <clears throat> and then, as you say, proceeds to um, to really uh, give her the business. And she loves it. <laughs> no, she loves the business. I mean, he's the businessman. <laughs> he's the businessman. <laughs> Fuck, and he works at a drill shop. <laughs> he works at a drill shop. I mean, it's it's absolutely dripping in innuendo, this page. He's got, a, he's got a big surplus he's got to get rid of. He's a businessman, and tonight he will be providing Petunia with a little bit of his business. Yeah. <laughs> a real, good. a new income stream. Love that. Um, what I was thinking this week, now that we've reached the end of the page, okay. um, <clears throat> I thought I would dust off the old, uh, the old robot, which is AI Rowling. Oh, because it's how been is a little, the old bird? <clears throat> she's doing all right. She's doing okay. She's... <laughs> Uh, COVID nineteen has been tough for her. Obviously, of I mean it's, it's affecting all of the sort of bots as well. But um, she's actually personally doing just fine. Um, so I thought what we could do is um, we could write a bit of a sexy, uh, sexy sentence, mm. and then see what AI Rowling comes up with. Okay, okay, okay. So <clears throat> does everyone? I mean, it's been a little while since we've done it. I don't know if everyone will. Everyone know what AI Rally is. We could is? very quickly just explain that it's a program that you've written that basically yeah. takes in Harry Potter material. Like we can feed in a few sentences from the page, and it will predict based on JK's writing style the next what the n- yeah few sentences. <clears throat> exactly right. And it is so a real we- thing. It's not just something that we <laughs> yeah. like. Andrew's actually yeah, yeah, made no. this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually did make this. I was thinking actually I might publish this somewhere so other so the podophiles can have a play around with it, but I haven't got around to doing that yet. Fuck, anyway, that's a great idea. Let's put in some text. So what's Raiden, why don't you start us off? What's some sexy so we, text? So we we want to lead her in and let her finish it off, right? It, exactly right. Okay. Um who 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 do you want to star in this? I think obviously we should Horny Vernon? To, we could yeah, start well, with, I think yeah. I mean that's what's on the page. So why don't we why don't we start? So, well, let's let's just start with simply. Horny v- Vernon was giving Petunia the business, <laughs> the sexy business. Petunia, the sexy business. Things are always sexier if you're very literal about it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's um, called being okay. sexually explicit. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I like it. Maybe maybe he grunts something. Yep, he turns to Harry. And grunts. Maybe he grunts, what are you doing with that wand in your hand, boy? I don't like the addition of <laughs> Harry into this sexual situation. But sure. <laughs> what if we say, um, hmm, I, I get what you mean there. <laughs> no, no, yeah, what's done is done. You've said your thing. Okay. No, it's in there now. I would like to involve uh, Petunia's long, slender neck into the situation. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good, um, probably good for 69, to be honest. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, let's 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 go with that. So, oh, maybe I'll just finish with they were um, 69ing. 
just to be again sexually explicit. So, okay, so uh, the 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 seed text series. Horny Vernon was giving Petunia the sexy business. Mm-hmm. He turns to Harry and grunts, "What are you doing with that wand in your hand, boy?" Yep. They were sixty nining, and that so that, that is quite <laughs> close actually to what is on the actual text. We really didn't have to change very much. We just summarized it. <laughs> it's just a paraphrase. That's all it was. So, um, <laughs> let's run it through the system. Let's run that through the system. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. Okay, so it's a bit, it's a bit poetic. So the first word that it returns, and I, I genuinely don't remember what this is. Um, it just says squib. That's its own sentence It says squib And then it says But I knew what he had done To the fact that the prophecy Had had his soul That might be the only ones of them Interesting Um, I would like to know Who had had a good dream Of the Death Eaters Okay Death Eaters Okay so we're talking Like a wet dream situation Yeah Someone's getting eaten Possibly out to yeah <laughs> too early to say and so it's maybe a that's a dream so it's like a sexy dream that someone's having maybe the so it's a wet dream about being eaten by being death eaten out <laughs> is that what we're <clears throat> is that what we're and, and then it's and squib at the squib. end he squibs so yeah, is he a squib does. some sort of euphemism for you know like a squib it's a little squib <laughs> yeah, no, just there's not much just a little squib comes out. Um, yeah, just a little. <laughs> or I was thinking just back to the the Death Eaters thing. So, what is what's happening here is that a a Death Eater comes down on you, I guess, and then <laughs> yep. pleasures you to such a level that you simply die. That could be it. <clears throat> and sorry, there is one final sentence which says the Dursleys had been able to find a pair of Death Eaters in a corner of the hall. Oh, oh! You know what that so means. So that kind of wraps it all up, doesn't it? A pair of Death Eaters. I mean, that has to be a sort of, an, you know, an, a euphemism for sixty nineing. A pair of Death Eaters. <laughs> oh like, yeah. What else? <laughs> that's what I. That's what I call it. Yeah. And in a corner of the hall. I mean, that's that's clearly, uh, you know, a poetic, a poetic um, anal you know, way of saying anal sex, right? So yeah. it could so be more They go obvious. from 69ing to anal sex. I mean, I wish, I wish they hadn't been quite as um, explicit once again. In, in you know, it's too obvious almost what they're saying there. Not a lot of poetry, but AI Rowling is. Um, AI you know, Rowling, still you dirty girl. All right. Well, that was good. <laughs> Glad we did that. I did a little bit of research um, in the in the week. Obviously, knowing we were getting to such a deeply erotic page. Um, I typed into Google Harry Potter sex. Mm-hmm. Um, you do not want to hit the uh, the image search for that for that particular search. Query, I am going to look at that right now. <laughs> as a matter of fact. But anyway, the first the literally the first um, uh, result was uh, some Harry Potter f- erotic fan fiction. Mm. Have we spoken about erotic fan fiction on this pod before? It might have no. even been on our old. Podcasts. Okay, we looked yeah, at that's it. right. We did a whole episode on it, I believe. Anyway, I, oh, we, I did find this one. No. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, it's not very nice. So I found uh, there's, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of different um, Harry Potter fan fiction, erotic fan fictions, but the the first one that came up was called um, Harry Potter and the Sexual Prince. That and is good. 
it's good. I mean, it's actually a little bit of a misnomer because it became obvious pre- pretty quickly that Harry Potter was the sexual prince, so not really and the sexual prince. Probably just should have been called Harry <laughs> Potter, the sexual prince. Um, and in this book, um, every single chapter, Harry just has sex with some, usually a character I'd never heard of. Um, so, so like, the, I, I went through the whole book, actually, and... Um, some of the people that he sleeps with are um, Cho Chang, obviously Hermione, Ginny, mm-hmm. Tonks. Now, um, in the thing, is she called Cho Chang? <coughs> she's not, no. Okay. But um, <coughs> but but there's so so <laughs> it kind of starts off with it starts off with the major characters, but then some of the characters he he um has sex with later in some of the other chapters. I feel like maybe the author was r- sort of running out of people. So tell me if which of these ones you remember, which of these um, ladies you remember from the books. So there's um, Lavender. Lavender Ramilda. Brown. I remember Lavender. Is there? Okay. Ramilda. Ramilda. Mm. I don't know if I remember these from the things or just from Nathan's uh, stupid game where he says funny Harry Potter names. Peter Petter who? Peter Petter Oh, yeah. <laughs> Katie. Do you remember a Katie? Mm. Just Katie? Like Pele? I can't remember their last names. No, I don't. Hannah? These are all very right. regular names. Yes. Yeah. Leanne, Susan, <laughs> Leanne. Anyway, so he goes around and um, has sex with all these people. Um, so the, the the I mean, the, obviously the, the the writing is not great, but it's quite interesting because there's this sort of obviously you know it's erotic, but it's uh, there's a, there's quite a lot of discussion of pregnancy, almost an obsession. So, uh, in, at one point, Harry asks Hermione. Um, this is after he's had sex with. I think this might have been Leanne. Um, <laughs> That's a sexy says, name, isn't it, Leanne? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if you were born in the fifties, that is one sexy name. But um, he says, "Do you know if there are any kind of pregnancy potions in the world?" She looked up with a shock on her face. Harry, what and who? Harry says, "I haven't fucked anyone. Oh. I was being curious." Oh, she sighed. Well, they have a potion that can determine if a girl is pregnant. I mean, like, can you get rid of a pregnancy with a potion? Oh, God. And then Hermione says, I suppose it's possible. Madame Pomfrey probably has lots of them. Don't know what that means. Um, Pregnancy is a growing thing at Hogwarts. Be careful that if any girls force you into sex that you don't get them pregnant. So there's a bit of a sort of matronly advice there from from Hermione, which is good. Um, That does sound like something Hermione, the strong, like, sort of feminist figure in the books Mm. would say as well. Like... (laughs) Just protect yeah. yourself, Harry, while you fuck all these <laughs> dumb chicks and make sure they get abortions. <laughs> Very. That sounds like Hermione to me. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's Hermione in a nutshell. Um, uh, what else? Were there any There's funny also... names, Andrew? Of the What's erotic... that, sorry? Were there any funny names to these Harry Potter <clears throat> erotic fan fictions? No, all of the chapter titles were just the names of the um, girl that Harry was sleeping with in ah, that okay. oh my God. Yeah. Even we do better than that <laughs> for our chapter yeah, names. Just a little bit. Did, um, so, um, was there anything in it that made you horny or... I wasn't... It didn't make me that horny, I have to admit. Um, but Not you your know, cup of tea? wasn't for me. Maybe I you have the, to... I did find the pregnancy stuff quite interesting though because... It seems like I wouldn't. I would be surprised to, to learn that you know people that are into this sort of erotic fan fiction, if this is the kind of uh, themes they they're, they're looking for in their erotic fan mm. fiction. Like they're not just there to get off; they're actually interested in 
you know, the the consequences of their actions. <laughs> At one point, Cho says to um, Cho? Harry, Cho Chang, that is, sorry, I'm going to have your baby, Harry. Great, he lied. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll tell everyone my ex-boyfriend from my hometown got me pregnant. In reality, it'll be your child. Okay, That's well, good that's... to hear, he said, as he kissed her. So it's almost a feminist text here, isn't it? So it's, it's really, oh, it's a very uh, powerful feminist text, this. <laughs> and then, you know, I, pro- I, won't go into, I won't go into too much more detail about it, but the, the, the whole book ends with this. Harry had had many fun fucks this year, and he enjoyed every <laughs> moment of them. Do you get the feeling that these are written by people that have never had sex? Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, you certainly do. Harry had had many fun fucks this year, I've never heard and he enjoyed say. every moment of them. He knew he'd have kids with lots of these girls and okay. wondered if he would get letters from Cho, Katie, and all the other pregnant girls in the summer. Really? He sure hoped so. Oh my God. He'd like to be a dad, but with just one girl. And that's the and that's what it was about. So quite an interesting, almost pathology that's being expressed. <laughs> here. It's a very interesting pathology. Anyway, just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Maybe we have to wait till we get to the uh, gobbies of fire to really get into the <laughs> stuff in Harry Potter. There are a lot of gobbies in this book. In, they just came say. out of nowhere. Flaming gobbies. Who'd have thought it? Anyway, and if anyone does want to see any more uh, or read in a bit more detail. Um, it's called Harry Potter and the Sexual Prince by Jermaine Greer, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and very good. Can I just tell the you, female unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. So that's good shit. Well, yeah, bit of a uh, a pivot from that. Thankfully, probably for the best. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this week I'd bring back uh, magical power rankings. And I don't oh, think I we love um, magical power. I don't rankings. think we came up with a better title for it than that. But whatever, um, magic powers. <coughs> that's a thing. magic powers. So magical power rankings this week. Um, as you guys are all surely aware, the tourism industry—it's been absolutely ravaged by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure lots of listeners out there might have had holidays booked, or they've had to postpone or cancel things. And everyone's just itching to get back out there and <laughs> explore the world. So, what I'm going to sure. bring you this week is the top five hottest post-COVID destinations. Okay. And um, it's very lucky, actually. The, the Paging Mr. Potter pod has had special dispensation to basically travel travel the world. Um, this was Essential brought to service. us by... Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, so, this is brought to you by Student Flights... In, in collaboration with Paging Mr. Potter. And I've yep. found out some uh, very interesting sites and left some... I mean, it's an um, industry that's flush with cash at the moment, so I'm not surprised <laughs> they're doing these kind of promotional drives. They'll do anything. They're absolutely killing <laughs> it right now. Um, so I've left some Google reviews on some of the... Uh, it's the top five hottest post-COVID destinations. So feel free to follow what? along on Google Maps if you'd like to check it out for yourself. Sure. <laughs> okay. What exactly do you mean? So these are these are real places that um, I visited over the week and uh, oh, okay. reviewed, and I can <laughs> I can vouch for them. So um, at number five is Hagrid's Wharf. So Hagrid's, Hagrid's Wharf. Wharf. So if I type and in Hagrid's Wharf, <laughs> should should come up. Um, this one's really exciting because I think it'll be local for a lot of our um, our listeners in Sydney. It's only in. Oh. It's in the the central coast. Okay. If I can just read the review very quickly. Um, Five stars. Wow. 
Who would have dreamed that Hagrid, the lovable oaf from Harry Potter, could manufacture this gorgeous little jetty overlooking <laughs> Horsfield Bay? Truly one of the Central Coast best kept secrets. So, <laughs> wow. Um, and it looks stunning, a, I must say. It, it looks nice, doesn't it? it? I think it'd be nice for a, a little road trip up north. Um, Hagrid's yep. Wharf. So that's number five hottest Fantastic. destinations. Um, number four is uh, Volders in Austria. So it's How the Volders, uh, V-O-L-D-E-R-S, the Volders yep. region. Sure. Okay. Um, obviously named after the Dark Lord. And so I had to leave this review on <laughs> a little site called Camping Askech Castle, which is a nice place to stay in the Volders region. I see it, yes. Lovely. But uh, so the review is uh, obviously five stars. Nestled in the Vogelsberg district, <laughs> just outside of <laughs> Unterfeld, this stunning little town on the southern side of the Inn River is truly a great holiday destination. Terrible, yes, Fantastic. but great. <laughs> <laughs> just take the Grossvolderbergstrasse east of Vogstadtwassens and remember, if you hit the Billa, <laughs> you've gone too far. So. <laughs> Kind of more directions than a review, but um, still useful though. Useful coming in at number four is the Boulders region. Lovely. So number three, I'm excited about. So we all remember Nicholas Flamel, do we know? Oh, famously. Do you know what what he did? Uh, didn't he have like a sore throat <laughs> or something? Yeah, it a phlegmy build up, and he also uh, famously invented the philosopher's stone. That's right. Oh, yeah. So this review is uh, it says as follows: What better way to celebrate his historic discovery and honor his life and career than to visit Flamelschneid? Flamelschneid. <laughs> and how are you spell it? Flamelschneid. Uh, it's Flamel, just as you'd expect, and yep, S H N E I D. Uh, right in the heart of East Germany's Burkittsgarden National Park, this picturesque little town will rejuvenate you and give you life, much like the Philosopher's Stone, hee <laughs> hee. So, <laughs> that's, that's coming in at number three. Right. Fantastic. Now, number two, this is big. Okay. Number two, of course, is Weasel Island. Um, <laughs> of just, just off the coast of uh, <laughs> Newfoundland in Canada. And um, which does sound like a stupid made-up name that J.K. <laughs> would write, Newfoundland. Well, written um, yeah. as the review goes, any self-respecting fan of Ron Weasley at least once in their life needs to make the sacred pilgrimage to Weasel Island. <laughs> <laughs> Weasel Island is a minuscule. It's Weasley Mecca. <laughs> it's, it, well, very much so. It's got no roads or infrastructure. <laughs> it's just a little grey speck. Um, <laughs> but it says here, nonetheless. It's one of the most sacred sites on the planet, akin to Jerusalem or Mecca, as you said, Andrew. Oh, so, I... truly one for the bucket list there. That's Weasel Island. Awesome. And you're ready for the number one hottest post-COVID travel oh, destination. I don't know if I am ready. <laughs> well, Greedon, ready or not, here it is. Uh, it's uh, Grindelwald in Switzerland, of I'm course. Sorry, what? It's the small what? village of Grindelwald in Switzerland, um, I've full of a lot of review. evil gay men, right? <laughs> well, uh, as I said, type it in, see for yourself. 
But I can see, yeah. I, um, I left this review on the Hotel Grindelwalderhof, which is where I stayed, personally. <laughs> oh, you've got to, you can't go to Grindelwald and not stay there. You can't go past it. It's really... So, can I just... Sorry, like, I just want to make sure I'm 100% sure. getting... Because you didn't actually inform us of the fact that... Um, what was it? Student flights had asked you to do. <laughs> so student student flights paid you to go around to all these places all around the world yep. and leave reviews on the hotel website. I guess they? like uh, <laughs> just to prove that it's you know uh, bona fide and authentic. They asked me to sort of uh, almost spam. <laughs> oh, okay. This <laughs> uh, the I, I don't know how long this one's going to be up to be honest because I um, don't I, I wonder what the return on investment for their um, spending it's an odd strategy yeah thousands I imagine <laughs> sending you all over the globe and then you're just leaving a Google review which I mean you could literally have just done from your bedroom <laughs> what are you implying in theory <laughs> in theory in theory well that's just not the way we do things on this pod I thought you would have known that by now but anyway so. <clears throat> Staying at the Hotel Grindelwalderhof um, <laughs> was quite an experience. So this is, uh, this is my thoughts. Five stars, obviously. Now, I know what you're thinking. Sure, Grindelwald in the Bernice Alps is perfect for skiing and hiking and just a stone's throw away from Glechterschlacht. <laughs> but what about the crime in Grindelwald? Another one of the great wizards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what about the crime in Grindelwald? Well, don't believe everything the lamestream media tells you about the crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> I felt perfectly safe the entire time, thanks to former Mayor Rudy Giuliani's get-tough policing policies <laughs> in the 80s and 90s. He really cleaned up this town. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, when will comrade Robert Mueller and his socialist Democrat buddies stop smearing and defaming this great man? <laughs> five out of five. Surefire cure for Wonderlust. So that's a um, great place and to stay. Wonderlust, very fitting for page 69. Indeed. So it all wraps up nicely together. Very um, true. So I, I guess <coughs> that's, uh, there's, a, it's, there's a big wide world out there. Those are just oh. five of the places. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's just five there's of just the different five places, places in, in the world. world. There's just five different places. <laughs> That you could go see. You could type in any Harry Potter character into Google Maps <laughs> and see what comes up. The Hermione region, <laughs> Dobby. Uh, Lovely Dubrovnik. this time of year, the Hermione region. Dobby Brovnik. Dobby Brovnik. Dobby Brovnik, the house elf. <laughs> so uh, the point is, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the hottest destinations. It's funny that that's what you did. Like for a, this is a long time ago, mm. probably six or six or so years ago. Um, I I did like an internship at a at a PR company. Truly one of the most. I mean, honestly, speak of Death Eaters, like that was <laughs> the most soul destroying <laughs> shit I've ever done in my life. Did they go down on you with such vigor <laughs> that you almost died? Yeah, big time. It's called uh, initiation <laughs> in the PR industry, but um. Anyway, so it was it was it was fucking awful. So it was it was it's crazy, man. Like uh, I probably don't want to get into a whole rant about like how the PR industry and so many industries rely on lots of <laughs> young students doing internships entirely for free. Mm. Um, but that's what I was doing, and I think I was actually at a trial for an internship. So it was like, come in for a day. We'll see if 
we like you. And if we like you enough, we won't pay you for three months and you can come just work here. So I was like, okay, this sounds like the kind of offer you just cannot refuse. <laughs> so I so I went in. Literally the first thing, um, they, they got me to sort of shadow the the current um, slay, uh, intern um, around. <laughs> and she was like, oh, the first thing we do when we come in is we, um, we empty all the bins. I was like, okay, interesting. So we go empty all the bins. We take them all down to... Uh, the big like skip downstairs. I was like, this is good. I, I studied, um, you know, communications. I read Habermas. I've done all this sort of, you know, research and stuff. I'm ready to go. So let's empty some bins. <laughs> and then, then it was time for the dishwasher. So we had to do the dishwasher Ooh. next. Um, I had to clean out the fridge because um, it was a Monday. And anyway, then around lunchtime, got to do a bit of actual work, which was exciting. So, and my, I won't name the company, but it was um, one of the companies on their books was the equivalent, it wasn't Lonely Planet, but it was something like a Lonely yep. Planet, right? And so they were like, all right, we want you to write, um, we've got a blog that we do for, let's call them, um, you know, Magical Travels. Uh, we've got a blog that we do for Magical Travels where we just, we talk about, you know, really interesting destinations and things like that. I was like, okay, cool. They're like, so we want you to just like look up some places that are like off the beaten track and then write a blog post about what it was like going there. Oh right? my God. So I had to... <coughs> And they're like, but don't just like, don't just use like the first like page off Google. Like, make sure you go to the second page because otherwise it's too obvious. So like, okay. So anyway, as it turns out, I actually have done some really incredible um, scuba diving in Guatemala. That was <laughs> wow. incredible. I mean, it, oh <laughs> unbelievable. Um, anyway, so and I, and I had to. Uh, I can't remember. There was like five top five off the beaten track places to visit. I was like, well, well, not that off well. the beaten track. Just yeah. so anyway, that when we say off the they, beaten track, like, we mean on the second page of Google. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a industry term for the second page of Google. Sounds like you're a you're a bit of a dobby, a bit of a house elf. Yeah, pretty much. It was it was pretty bad. Um, that I think that was the last bit of work I did in that industry before I took a left turn and went back and studied maths. Um, I was enough to. I don't particularly mind do that. putting this on record and. PR people are the stupidest people I've ever worked with. <laughs> I mean, we may have some people in the uh, from the PR industry. The ones I have encountered, just staggering. I, I once they, we shared an office space with them. <laughs> My God. They spent a whole group. There was at, at least like 10 people in this room brainstorming a hashtag, that, which no one uses, yeah. obviously. It's and pretty the, brutal. <sighs> I worked in a few, like, Mostly advertising agencies, not so much PR, and it it really and if you, honestly if you do that work, like kudos to you that it's it's impressive. I couldn't really do it that well. Like it's not easy coming up with pointless shit that people like, but <laughs> but like there's a skill to it. But it honestly, you're just sitting there in this room going, "Are we really?" I remember at one point we had to come up with like a campaign for for apples. Like it was like the Apple lobby or something had commissioned some campaign on apples, and then it's like, all right, we got to fucking smash out this. this so it was, it was five, you know five or six grown men and women sitting in a room genuinely discussing how to sell apples to people. I like, would have thought man. that apples had sort of market power. To be honest, like you think of a fruit, you think of an apple. Well, they literally were going. It was you know what had happened was it was. Um, the bananas. You know, the banana. <laughs> oh well, their natural enemy so, is the banana. So, <laughs> but but literally, <laughs> you got to stay two steps ahead. I get it. As a result banana of that, breathing ad, down your neck. <laughs> the Apple people. I don't know who the Apple people are. It wasn't I'm Steve Jobs. <laughs> Wait, was it? We're talking about. We're talking yeah. about it was. Fruit. It was Steve Jobs. It was um, <laughs> Granny Smith. Dude, what a collab! Um, did you pitch that? 
Yeah, it was pretty brutal. There was, I mean, now that we're now that we're in the middle of the Harry Potter podcast, I might as well tell you about some things that happened while I was working in an advertising agency. <laughs> so there was there was this guy who I was like, I just finished uni and I was like, um, like this is like my first kind of internship. This is at a different company. It was an advertising agency and we got the Apple contract or whatever. So we had to pitch. And then there was this guy who just fucking did not like me. Like just thought I was <clears throat> a moron, right? Well, um, you can understand so he where was, he's coming from. Sorry? You can understand where he's coming from. Oh, he was astute. He was a very <laughs> astute fella. Um, so anyway, so then we sit down and we're locked in this room talking about apples. You have to come up with, with, with stuff. And he's like, all right, no talking. For the next half hour, we're just going to come up with ideas for apples or whatever. And I'm literally just sitting there drawing blanks. I've got nothing. I don't know how to sell apples. And I was too under pressure. I couldn't think of anything. So I think I came up with one that I thought was all right. It was um, a picture of Isaac Newton. And he was like sitting under an apple and the apple hit him was like hitting him on the head and it said apples um, food for smart people or something like that. I thought that was kind of good. But food then for thought other, like, you could have gone with if it was <coughs> like that was just sitting there for you. Or brain food. Brain yeah, food. Yeah, they didn't they, they didn't take it anyway. Um, and then another one I'd drawn because he was just like anything like doesn't matter if it's good or bad just like get it down <laughs> doesn't matter like no judgment we're just writing doing anything and then we'll put it up on the yeah. wall. So anyway, I did one and I, I admit it's not the best. It, it was like an apple but there was like all this stuff coming out of it because the whole point was like apples are so good for you, right? Like apples, are, they taste good, but they they clean your teeth. They do all this shit. So there was like a little toothbrush coming out of it. they clean your teeth. Well, whatever. This was what the fucking market research bullshit said. Um, you know, and it, you know, whatever. Good for your heart or something. And there yeah. was all this different stuff coming out of the apple and it was like a Swiss army knife kind of thing. Anyway, I, I did that one. He looks at it and he goes, oh, good. A Swiss army knife one. They're always good. Fuck with <laughs> oh, No judgment I was like Oh my oh, god the And then And then Anyway So then his genius idea That he came up with That did get picked up um, Was It was a It was a dude Diving Into an apple So he was di- <laughs> Jumping into an apple It was a TV C um, He was jumping into an apple And the apple exploding And that was the ad Why is that What what does that even well, that's mean? A, that's that was the ad we went with. Anything. So, directed I mean, it wasn't David that. Lynch or some shit. Like what? It wasn't as successful as um as uh the banana na 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 thing, but uh, <laughs> and that's why no one eats apples today. Yeah, they lost <laughs> they lost the uh the advertising award of big <laughs> banana. <laughs> I haven't eaten one ever since then. But uh, this is the same place where I convinced them not to uh use Wolf Mother in a campaign. Have I told that story before? I don't think so. I mean, probably enough stories, but essentially there was this, this is the only thing I achieved in the advertising industry was there was this, um, they were running this huge promotional thing for, I think this was like Jim Beam or something. And um, they were going to get Wolf Mother to um, play this massive show <laughs> to to do it. And I was like, Wolf Mother? I was like, come on. And they, they got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> you owe Andrew Stockdale money. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's Remus Lupus's mum that you're just taking food <laughs> off her table. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh my god, I only just got why he's called Remus, like Romulus yeah, and yeah, Remus, yeah. the wolves. I never even thought of that. Anyway, we've rambled a little. Are we even talk? This podcast is a fucking word association game. It's nothing, is it? <laughs> Nathan, I, I know we've been rambling for a long time. We're going to wrap mm-hmm. it up soon, but could you just put and like. Enough dead air so the time is 69 minutes as well. <laughs> okay, so there will oh. be a lot of silence at the end. Or should we just keep going? 
Let's just keep going. I mean, like, let's do a 69-minute episode. Otherwise, I'll just put an ad in. It doesn't matter. What's the radio equivalent of 69ing? I I don't, I, I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, I don't mean. understand the question. Audio 69ing, is there something in that? <sighs> I mean, this is... I mean, last week, I just remembered, you know, we did that whole game <laughs> where we <laughs> where we just... Where the game changed halfway through when we were like, oh, we're going to come up with medical, you know, advice from Hagrid. And then halfway through, we just decided he was going to start talking about <laughs> yeah, global warming and shit. Is there some way we can get... Uh, just building on Reardon's idea, get all the potophiles to engage in some kind of virtual 69ing. <laughs> like, maybe if you're listening to this, all the oh. guys lie flat on your back. <laughs> just try it. Um, See if it works. Uh, I don't. Do we want to keep going with this? No, no, no. Not really. <laughs> maybe okay, let's just wrap let's it strike up. that from the record. All right, guys, we have spoken for far too long. Far, far, far too long. Um, uh, let's quickly buzz through the business. The business. Naming the page. Harry Potter Naming and the... the um, what did we call... What was the magical name for 69ing? The Death, e- um, Death Eaters in the corner Death, or something? Uh, it's like a pair of Death Eaters or something. Well, let's just make it a bit more sexually explicit and say a pair of Death Eaters 69ing. So Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter well, and the pair to be sexually Harry explicit. Potter and the and a pair of Death Eaters eating Six. your soul out. Yep. Okay. I just had a uh, I realized that you hadn't done math magic for page sixty nine. Ah, fascinating. So yeah, we don't, we haven't done math magic in a little while. <clears throat> sixty nine is a, it's a fascinating number. <laughs> He's still so, six, <laughs> so, so I'll give you a little factoid this week. I'm not going to do the factors. So the number sixty nine. Um, is also the name for a sexual position. Oh, oh. called sixty nine. Oh, is that where it comes from? That's where it comes the from. Derives from the number sixty nine. That's right, and that's because, um, and the reason it's called sixty nine is because, on average, people's heart rates will get up to around sixty nine <laughs> beats per minute oh, while performing the act, and that's the only reason it's called that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, word of the week. Three, Three, two, one. Chose. Sixty-nine. <laughs> and um, <laughs> some sexually, some sexual advice for double do's and double don'ts. Oh, we got to rate the page as well. Don't forget about. Oh that. yeah. Oh. Uh, it wasn't. It was moderately horny, but I was not as horned up as I was hoping to be. No, by no means. I'll show you. No thanks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's give it a twenty-three. One of the factors. One of the factors, baby. And okay, Dumbledore's and Dumble Dumble don'ts. Dumbledore's always use protection. Always <laughs> stretch, stretch your neck before you're sixty-nine. And don't, Dumble don't. Dumb. Oh, my apologies, Dumble don't. I would say Dumble don't ever sleep with Ron Weasley. It's <laughs> <laughs> good advice. Sage sound, advice. sound advice. Great. From hey, we did it. There. We got to the end of page sixty-nine. Oh, God. Thank God. Um, Page let's never have week. sex again. That's put me Agreed. off. Uh, put me off lovemaking for life. Lovemaking, lovemaking, indeed. So yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> Making Whoopi no more. Women, women are celebrating uglies. everywhere with that news, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Big day We've for women. We've lost all our listeners. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's them. get out of here, guys. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening. Oh, we almost made it to 69 minutes. All right. See you guys. Go out and fuck. Bye-bye.